So last week, uh, I brought a message that was entitled, Faith is Spelt Yes. And uh, we began to look at the subject of faith and the reality of what we face as we step out in faith. And uh, I unpacked four stories from the Bible of people who come hell or high water, literally in some cases, <laughs> or complete, uh, uh, you know, um, contrary to culture, contrary to laws of man, but not laws of God, contrary to so many things, people still said yes to God. And they said yes because God spoke into their lives, either directly or by angelic visitation. And we come to the Hebrews chapter 11, which is like this, the great faith chapter of the Bible. And verse 1, it says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And I unpacked the difference last week of, oh, the Holy Spirit, come on, just shake the building a little bit. That's kind of cool. That's the second week in a row he's done that. <laughs> come on. I might just kind of step over here and get out of the way. Um, but I unpacked the difference between passion and faith. And, uh, you know, they... They say that enthusiasm runs out. That's why we need to keep encouraging each other. Well, so does passion. I, I ex explained last week that passion is like the two booster rockets on the side of the fuel cell that takes the space shuttle up and gets it off the earth. It burns hard and it burns hot, but it burns short. And faith is the fuel that keeps us going. And we need passion. There's no doubt about it. I, I share that I believe we actually need both because passion is that rocket power, that rocket bang that gets us over inertia. And you know, if you've studied physics, inertia is generally understood as the force that is unwilling to move or to be moved. But I shared last week that there's another meaning for inertia, and it's this. Inertia is a tendency to do nothing and to remain unchanged. So I'd like to tell you now that on Monday mornings, on my day off, inertia is very large in my life because I don't want to do anything on my day off least amount, the lawn or gardening. But when it comes to the things of God, we've got to let, we, we've got to get inertia out of the way. When you think about that, a tendency to do nothing or remain unchanged, you know, inertia is resistance. And I don't, I hope, I hope I'll never be in the place where I can be justifiably accused of resisting God. I don't ever want to get there. See, because passion gets us going, faith keeps us going. Towards the end of my message last week, I, I brought a series of challenges to ask of ourselves over the course of the week. And here they are. Have I become comfortable with where my faith is? Have I become comfortable with where my understanding of God is? Have I limited myself through my comfort or my discomfort? Because you know what? Comfort... And discomfort can have as much inertia in it as comfort can. You know, people choose to stay in the hole because it's what they know. And it might take a little bit of energy to climb out of the hole, so I'm going to stay with what I know. I'm going to stay in the familiar. I don't want to change because it might be a little risky out there. It might be also a whole lot more healthy, but discomfort can be as restricting as comfort. And then I, I gave, I brought four challenges that of the, the stories that I unpacked. Will I believe the Lord and give the Lord a reason to call me righteous because of my faith? That was Abraham. Will I, uh, in faith, will I choose God's will, stepping out in spite of fear? 
because I persist in faith as if I have seen God who is unseen. That was Moses. Will I say to God, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. That was Mary. And then there's Peter. When Jesus said, go out deeper and, and cast your net off the side of the boat, the question and the challenge was this, will I go deeper? Where I go out where it's deeper. And then we have the final instruction from the Apostle Paul that I brought last week. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. So as a believer, and I'm surrounded by believers, yes? Oh, good. And if you don't believe this morning, then I just want to say thank you for coming. God bless you. Because you're in a place that's probably a little foreign to you. And if you've only ever known traditional church, then today's really foreign for you. <laughs> but if you're a believer this morning, I believe the question we should be asking of ourselves is this. How can my life count for the glory of God in my world? Our vision and our mission, bringing the life, hope, and purpose of Jesus into our world. See, our aim is not just to magnify God on a Sunday or magnify God in our own home. You know where they say, like, dance like nobody's watching and sing like nobody's listening in their own home. But you know what? Our, God is not, our, our job is not just to magnify God, but our, our job is to make Him visible. You might have heard this statement. My mission is to know God and make Him known. Believer? Last week, the email that Sue sent out, the weekly email, she included a, a quote that she saw from Nikki Gumbel in her daily devotion. And this is what it said, Faith is a muscle that grows by stretching. And one of the ways you increase your faith is by doing something God asks you to do. Faith is spelt yes. So, it's all very well me bringing you stories out of the Bible. Um, Sam, could you, could you grab those stools for us, please, mate? That'd be awesome. But I want to bring it a little closer to home this morning. And I've asked three brave people. So uh, Jackie and Steph and Mike. Where are you, Mike? Oh, there he is. Yep, up, up on stage. Yes, please. Um, I've asked these three brave people who have said yes to God. And they're going to join me. And we're going to hear a little bit of their story of what it was that God asked them to do. And how it affected their lives and how it possibly changed their lives. Well, I hope it did. <laughs> so to my left is uh, Mike, Mike Ponder. Good morning. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Mike is also serving as the uh, chairman of our board of trustees with the school. And then to his left, we have Jackie Kirby, who happens to be the amazing mum of... Rebecca, our youth pastor, and, the, and Rebecca's also Ian's daughter, who is Jackie's husband. And further to the left, we have Stephanie Ham, who is currently uh, doing year one of our Elam Leadership College internship, and she has been an absolute blessing to us. You know, I think real life lived stories uh, can be so helpful. So I've got a bunch of questions that I sent out to them. So we're just going to buzz down the line really quickly, and here's the first question. Um, perhaps, guys, what, if you could explain the stage or the phase of life that you were in where you really felt God put the call on you. Like Moses was 80. None of you look 80. Um, Mary was somewhere between 14 and 16. No. Um, 
Um, and I think you ladies, I think you've done having babies. So, yes, yes, okay. Me too. Oh, sorry, Mike's done having babies too. Okay, Brenda, just see, yeah, we'll just confirm that. <laughs> okay, so Mike, jump on in. And uh, so, we, I mean, it's probably more than once, but if you could give us one key one. Yeah, okay. So, I guess in our situation, um, we took quite a leap of faith when we bought a business. And that was probably going back two years ago now, which was COVID times. Um, so that, do you want me to get into it now, more specifically? Or? Uh, uh, well, just if you could just lay a foundation for us. Yeah, yeah okay, so just to give you a quick um, update. So my, my background has been all transport transport management mostly and uh, running branches and that sort of side of things. So, um, you know, there's been a bit of a steering that was going on for quite a period of time before I guess we took what was quite a monumental leap. It went really loud real fast. Um, and actually bought our own business. Um, and it... It might seem like that's not a scary step, but when, when you've been um, in a corporate sort of... Well, I was feeding back, is it? I'm sorry, we're just turning the... Oh, that's good. It's very loud out here. Um, yeah, so when we sort of took that step, it, was, uh, it wasn't just an extremely scary thing because it wasn't just about us necessarily. It's our finances, it's our, um, our children, it's our future, all the rest of it, where you just go, I'm going to put all that on the line um, for what we believe the Lord was wanting us to do. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Jackie. Uh, when I was 19, uh, I had the opportunity to go to Asia on a month-long trip, and I went into China for two weeks. And as I flew out, I knew that God was going to bring me back. Um, so, yeah, I just developed this real passion for China and Chinese people. Then I got married, and Ian very kindly came in on that vision. <laughs> but... Um, Cut a long story short, I was actually 41 before we actually got there to, to live, and and we went over in 2009 to Guangzhou, and we uh, we taught in a Christian international school in a communist country, and um, yeah, and then we came back 11 years later. We went for two and a half years, and we came back in 2020, so... Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so it was like God built just built in us over time. Um, there were steps along the way, and, yeah, he was amazing Fantastic. to get us there. Yeah. Okay, so we had someone who was called into the, had been working in business but was called to run a business. Someone was called not just to, to a mission field but to even more than that. We'll get into that shortly. And, Steph, what about you? Uh, so I was, I'd just turned 50, <laughs> Um, and I had two kids that had left home and two who were doing NCEA. And uh, what I had to say yes to was um, going back into some study, which I had never done, like I'd never written an essay for 30 years. <laughs> so that was a little bit scary. I had been a homeschool mum, and I love learning, but um, being marked myself... Um, and being a perfectionist was very scary. <laughs> um, but at that time, I also was really burnt out and and depressed, and um, I wasn't sure my brain was actually even going to keep up with it, to be honest. Yeah. Three very different scenarios, but the reason that I asked each of these three is because I want I want you to realize that when God puts the call on you, it's not necessarily into doing what I do as a pastor. God, the, the Bible teaches us that he puts gifts and callings and talents in each and every one of us. The Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, you are made on purpose for a purpose. 
And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a plumber or a pastor. You know, you can be as fulfilled in your walk and your calling in God in either of those when you know that's what God's called you to do. So, um, guys, I wonder if you could, you know, last week I unpacked some of the real hurdles that the characters that we talked about in the Bible had to face when they were stepping in and they were about to say yes to God. What about, what about you, Mike? As a believer, you've been in the business world, but now you're going to be managing, owning your own business. What are, what are some of the hurdles? What are some of the struggles? Or maybe even the pressbacks stepping into business and saying yes to God? Yeah, um, I guess it's very different when you're running other people's businesses versus your own. And, um, you know, I actually, to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be a bit of a walk in the park, you know, just given that I've probably got 25 years management experience thinking this is going to be quite simple. Funnily enough, it was actually more challenging than I ever imagined. But if in our situation, you, we, we, we bought a retail store is what we did. Um, so no experience really with retail whatsoever. So, um, you know, what, what was interesting is that um, if I could just sort of go into my background a little bit more, um, I've been running a transport company at that stage for six years. Five of, the year, five of those years, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet, but we had the top performing branch. Um, and so we, we were, you know, one of a dozen different branches throughout the country. So I kind of went from, I guess, what was, uh, I was known, I, I was, we were successful, um, had a really good reputation, and then going, right, putting everything I knew aside to, to what I thought was the call on us. And this is, this is me and my wife, and the interesting thing is, it, you know, when this all came about, honestly, I can't actually tell you how on earth we fell into it. It was just sort of happened, and... And the interesting thing is, is when you're married, and this is of mine and my wife's business, obviously, it wasn't just that I thought this was a good idea that the Lord was sowing, but it was in her heart too, you know. So um, we, we were aligned in that respect, you know, and, and that made the whole journey, which was so scary, it wasn't funny, especially we had lockdown, and you can appreciate when you want to buy a retail business after lockdown was happening, it was very, very challenging, and it was a really rocky road for us. But you know what? I remember a number of years ago, you were talking about, say yes to God so big that, you know, that I guess it puts it out in the atmosphere. And I stuck to that. You know what? You know, we, pastor loves it when people listen, eh? <laughs> you know, we, and, and we, we, we stuck to that. And, you know, whilst we had all these trials, we just continued to commit every element of that back to the Lord, every little problem. And it wasn't like it was plain sailing. It wasn't going, God goes, you need to take this step, and it's just going to happen, because it didn't just happen. Yeah. It needed uh, probably a dozen different things to all align, and every single one of those came with some adversity that the Lord overcome, every single time without fail. Yeah. And that's how I knew that I knew that me and Brenda were going to buy this business, and it was not for us, it was for what we do with this business to help others, and that was the whole point. And, and our alignment in terms of our heart is a, we, we're givers and we really like to encourage and help people. And the whole point of this business is so we could do that. Wow. And we, that's what we know. Come on, that's amazing. Fantastic. Fantastic. That so was a bit long. So saying yes to God is, isn't just all sparkles and rainbows, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> in a word. No, but actually, interesting on that point, I was thinking about it the other day because, sorry, I'm, I'm talking a bit more than I should, my wife's looking at me again too much. <laughs> is, is that, you know, when we, when we took over the business, I thought, right, the, oh, we're coming into what the Lord wants for us, it's all just going to happen. 
you know what? It didn't just happen. It was actually really challenging. And I remember going just every day for probably about 12 months going, Lord, is this really what you wanted us to do? Because it was like this massive roller coaster, you know, financial, emotional, the whole nine yards, you know, learning something we didn't know anything about. And, um, you know, but sticking to it, saying that yes no matter what, is uh, is is what is faith is all about building you know and and I think it's as we uh, as we say yes to the little things you know whether it's a little decision here or, or a big decision actually I think the Lord rewards that sorry no, no that's fine so I mean that's saying yes in a country that believes in business that believes in pioneering what's it like to say yes to go into a place that is like 100% against God they do believe in business though <laughs> I've written notes so I don't forget. Um, so the, I think some of the main struggles at the beginning were the fact that we were taking four children from the age of four to 15 out of youth group, out of friend group, out of school and everything they'd ever known and, and, and a culture, to a culture that was completely foreign, foreign language and, you know, how was that going to impact them? Um, it was a pretty big thing and we didn't know anyone there. In fact, even when we arrived at the airport, the boss that we were going to be working for. He wasn't even there yet. He got caught up in traffic. So we're standing in the airport thinking, okay, we're here. (laughs) Is anyone going to meet us? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so that was scary. Um, The other thing was was telling our parents, actually, that we were going away and taking their grandchildren from them to a faraway place. Uh, So that that was difficult. Every nana groans, right? (laughs) And... um, I had a plan that when we went to China, Ian would teach, because that's, you know, he's gifted at teaching, and I would homeschool all the children, but God had other ideas, and I ended up teaching, so I didn't actually find it hard going to China, I found it hard having to say yes to teaching, which I'd never done apart from homeschooling, so um, that, that was the really scary thing for me, I remember the first day in the classroom, I went home laid on the bed and said, God, what have I done? And, uh, yeah, this wasn't my plan, but, um, but by the time we left, I didn't want to leave. So, yeah, that's another story. So let's, let's go even deeper and even more personal. Steph, you are called into formal study, which you hadn't done for a very long time. Um, and you had your own personal struggles going on, and yet you still said yes to God. Can you tell us a little bit about the hurdles or the, maybe even the press backs that you got in that? <laughs> yeah. Um, some of the hurdles was getting over my own anxiety, um, being amongst, like, it was an online learning um, scenario, but... <sighs> you could see everybody and they could see you. And I just, yeah, I found that very nerve-wracking to begin with. And also we go away and do block together. And my first block, I was incredibly anxious to go and meet people I didn't know. Um, I was also walking a journey with my eldest daughter who um, was had made a decision about her lifestyle that um, we found incredibly hard. And so that was a pushback that kept coming. Uh, 
always when I was about to do something significant spiritually, her issue would pop up, and um, it was very clear the devil was using her as a, our weakest point to just un, unravel all my emotions every time. And so um, part of my journey has been learning not to let that happen, um, just holding myself very much or allowing myself to be held by God very much and, and learning how to mourn with God actually has been something that's really helped me this year. Um, yeah, so very, it's, that's been the pushbacks and, and I actually found that I loved learning so actually my brain started to speed up quite fast so that was really helpful. Um, but the other thing was that, you know, I was brought up Anglican and I'd served in leadership for years in the Anglican Church as a lay person and so part of my doing this course was actually laying aside all my pre- conceptions of everything that I'd learned about God before and learning it from an Elam point of view and I have found that really life giving yeah yeah so I mean, you, you've already kind of you're segueing into the next one for us Steph maybe if you if you just want to kind of cap, um, pick up again and we'll come back this way this time um, it's been a journey you know, you're just about at the end of year one of your um, Elam Leadership College internship. Uh, and whilst it's like, you know, I was saying to Mike, it's not all sparkles and rainbows, um, there well, I, you know, well, I know because you're on our team, <laughs> but there's obviously been breakthroughs. There's been that even in the tough times, God has come through and you've, you've heard his voice. There's been, can you give us some praise reports on just how this has grown you and, and saying yes, which is a scary thing, but. I think um, <laughs> one of the loveliest things that I have experienced is the grace of the ELC team. Um, they are incredible people and um, you know, being a bit of a perfectionist, I could point out a lot of mistakes that were in the curriculum, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> and they were incredibly gracious and actually started using me to check their stuff. <laughs> There's the admin but, gift. <laughs> yeah. But um, what was the question 